Well, I want to make sure we make uh, time to give a special thank you to Kristen Murphy. She is the one who has been putting together our slideshows, tracking down photos. And when I say that, it's a couple of words, but the work that is involved in that is enormous um, since pictures are everywhere. Um, thank you, Kristen, for putting those together. Really appreciate your work in initiating that, following through on that, and bringing that back to life for us. What what a great set of stories we've been able to watch that uh, some of us have been through the whole thing. Some of us have been through parts that we get to see, uh, again, so many faces that we haven't seen in a while. Thank you, Kristen, for that. Really appreciate your work. Um, we gave out this 10th anniversary challenges slip paper card back at the beginning, end of March, when we started celebrating our 10th anniversary our 10th anniversary of celebrating what God has done in our midst. And so we, we put together 10th anniversary challenges. What could we do? What, what next step could we take to say that we're in earnest pursuit? And, and some of them are really small. Some of them are very easy. Some of them are, are much more challenging. The one that we've been focusing on for June has been number six. Sixth month, sixth item, it's encourage others. And so maybe I'll ask... Uh, one of our hosts on the online chat, if you could put the link in that we have on our website for support and encourage. This is something, if you don't know how to contact someone directly, you can go to the website. We have a support and encourage page where you can put a message on. It, it comes to the church and we will do our best to get it out to that person. We want to have no excuses for um, that connection. So if you need help in making the connection, we want to help you. We also gave you a card that you could use for encouragement. We've got more at the church if you would like to pick those up. You don't need those things, but they can help. <coughs> your phone, your uh, texting, your email, uh, a card in the mail, these are all things that you can do to encourage. And so here's a tip for you. It, it won't take any extra time. Encourage others. I just gave you a list of graduates. Do you have something that you would like to say to one of our graduates? Send that message in. Put it in the chat right now. These are things that you can physically do even right now that you can take a step in that direction. And that's what we want to keep encouraging you to do. Take another step that pursues Jesus. So I, I mentioned earlier that if you're uh, at home specifically, because if you're already here, you, you can't run back home to get your Bible. But if you have a Bible, get it out. If you have uh, an online Bible, you can use that. If you want to just take notes on the references, write yourself an email. Put it in one of your notes apps. There are different ways you can do this. I want you to be able to be involved in this process. So if you don't go through it right now, I'd love it if over the next week, you would take the time to go through these things. Let your fingers do the walk and get in there and see where this stuff happens. Um, because what I want you to do is understand the passages I put together are describing the environment that is into one. Now, our environment, more important than our building, is the way that it feels. And the way that it feels isn't so much the way that it feels when you're here, although that is really, really important. This should be the way it feels to be around people who are part of into one because the people are the church. And so I want to give you some of the parameters that we have used to say this is the kind of church we want to be. It's not everything. It's not full. It's not the whole thing, okay? But here are some um, markers that you can use 
that describe what we want into one to look like as we continue to go in earnest pursuit of Jesus. So the first place is John chapter 17. And yes, I brought my super Christian Bible for you today. I'm a holy roller, and this is the kind of Bible holy rollers have. John 17, starting at verse 22. I'm going to read this passage from the World English Bible. Um, The glory which you have given us, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. This is Jesus talking to his Father. 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected into one, that the world may know that you sent me and you love them even as you have loved me. That has been the the central, the guiding passage from the very beginning of into one. This is what it comes out of, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. How can we be the answer to the prayer that he's praying, being one, being perfected into one is what we have said. This is an overarching kind of concept of what we want this place to be. Out of that came this notion of project accessibility. And when we first started talking about project accessibility, it was entirely physical in mind. That's what we thought. There are things that we need to break down and open up. So we said it's about breaking down barriers and opening doors. And we thought about the front door. How, how do we change that so people can get in? How, how, do, how do we make it so the doors can open and people can come in? And so we started thinking about all the different ways that we could bring that to life because we wanted nothing to stand in the way of people coming to, into one and thereby coming to Jesus. That was, that was the idea. That was the plan. And then as we were in the middle, it was like God said, I, I tried to tell you this already. I'm not sure why you didn't get it. But here's what I really want you to see. It's about breaking down barriers of all kinds and opening doors of all kinds. It's not just physical. So what can we do? And that becomes, what do we do as people? What will we do to break down barriers? What stands between someone you know, maybe someone you love, and Jesus? What is it that's interfering with that connection? We want to break down those barriers and we want to open doors so that nothing stands in the way. And so that's what we've been about. This is the environment that we're trying to create. And so the first place I want to take you then is Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews is a bit of a a smaller book, maybe a little bit harder to find, um, past halfway of the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 10. So if you're looking it up, you got to keep going. If you get into the first, second John, first, second Peter, first, second, third John, you've gone too far. Turn back. Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 24. These words are very tiny now, and my eyes not so good. That's why this is hard for me. I'm doing this for you. Uh, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And that was certainly the idea that we had, that the, we don't go alone. We very much go together. And part of my goal is always to help you. And in case you didn't know, I need your help also. And I drink it up when I watch you do things, when I hear you say things. It, it, it does encourage me, and it does move me on. And so I'm thankful for the way that you have participated in your pursuit of Jesus, because it helps me also. So thank you for that. 
25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, let's just clarify. Meeting together doesn't mean just being in this building, okay? So this last year, we didn't break Hebrews 10.25's admonition, all right? Getting together as the church as a whole, fantastic. Getting together as any parts of the church, also really important because our pursuit of Jesus is always a shared thing. It's a communal experience. And so um, we don't give up getting the habit of getting together and let us encourage one another. Again, perfect for our emphasis number six on the uh, 10th anniversary challenges. Encourage one another. It is a call from God. It is His telling us, if you want to grow the church, this is the way to do it. You've got to build each other up. So encourage one another. Did I mention that we have a spot on our website that you can use to encourage and support one another? It is a spiritual practice. It is a spiritual discipline to encourage. So look for a chance. Look for an opportunity. Your words are way more important than you think that they are. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We're going to jump back to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans is right after the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Romans chapter 12 is where we're going Romans chapter 12, verse 15. What does the environment look like when we're in the building and outside of the building? What's the direction? Here's what Paul is saying to the church in Rome. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Congratulations, graduates. We do celebrate you. We do appreciate what you've done in our midst, and we don't want you to forget about that. What you have done is significant. And mourn with those who mourn. We know that this has been a particularly hard year for so many people. For family losses, the, uh, the amount of death just in our congregation is staggering. People who have been impacted. Celebrate with those who celebrate and we mourn with those who mourn. We are together in this experience. John chapter 16. John chapter 16 verse 33. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. So when, when Jesus describes what he, this is Jesus speaking, when he describes uh, his view of, of the future, what is to come, what will things will be like, the reason that he tells us is so that you may have peace. Not so that you might know how to worry more effectively and more efficiently which is unfortunately what we do. It's so that we would have peace. So if you want to take a next step in pursuit of Jesus, this applies to some more than others. That pursuit of peace, that experience of peace is what God is offering to us in the midst of whatever it is we are there. As I have told you these things, so that in, you, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Surprise! Jesus knew it. In here, he, he's never promising. And if you believe in me, things are going to be perfect. Oh man, you're never going to get sick. You're going to get rich. Never what he says. In this world, you will have trouble. But this is the part that we have claimed um, as part of the essence, the DNA of into one. But take heart. 
I have overcome the world, the everything. I've overcome it all. 1 Thessalonians 5. Now we're heading back in more middle of the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. You might find a little repetition here. Therefore, encourage one another. Remember that part about life is hard. In this world, you will have trouble. We can tie these things sort of together. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. We have plenty that works at building us down. Disassembly, deconstruction. We need someone to help build us back up. You have a voice that makes an incredible difference in building someone up. Point them in the right direction. Not like this. Like this. Or like this. Come with me. As we go, that's the message we have. That's the encouragement, not if you are doing things right. If you'd only listen to... This doesn't help people. It does not encourage them. Come with me. Come on, let's go, let's, let's go find Jesus together. Let's go in pursuit of him together. I'm struggling with getting any of my um, 10th anniversary challenges done. Maybe you could encourage me. Maybe you could keep me accountable. Maybe we could share ideas on what we would actually do instead of just saying, that's a card for somebody else. I don't have time for it. You can see, this, these are steps forward in pursuit of Jesus himself. If you want to see him, if you want to experience him, these are not magic. They're just things that help. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Keep it up. Don't stop. 1 Peter 4, 8. All of these things have been put into the DNA of into one. Intentionally, we have found these things and, and plotted them in to what we do, why we do it, and what we want to be about. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, the most important thing. If you can't do anything else, do this. This is the thing that it all depends on. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. It covers over them because sometimes you won't even notice because I'm too busy caring about you to even notice that I could have been offended. When I am offended, my love for you is my priority. I have to learn to cover your offense with love. And in doing that, I build the unity of the group, but I build my own peace. In following Christ, I start to experience that which he said that he would promise to give us. That's the peace that comes to life. Matthew 5, 16. Matthew, first book of the New Testament. Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men 
that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. When we take steps like the 10th anniversary challenge, part of it's for you, part of it's for us. We need to see your light. We need to see your example. We need to see what you do so that we can be encouraged and do that. And then as we do that, our eyes can be tuned to our Father in heaven. 1 Corinthians 11 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is one, when I, when I heard this, when somebody applied it to me first, I didn't like it at all. I said, no, thank you. I have come to understand that it's not so much um, what I'd prefer, it's what I'm called to. Paul, describing to this church in Corinth, this church that has, huh, they get distracted, they get messed up, they keep having problems, and their problems are so much interpersonal. And they say, well, what do we do? How, how do we actually follow Jesus? And so Paul says, let me make it easier for you. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So don't follow my example as I don't follow Christ, but follow my example as I do. What does it look like to follow Christ? And so that, that, that's the challenge then, that, that I'm forced to say it to you, follow me as I follow Christ, but I want to challenge you to be ones who would be able and willing to say it to those around you as well. Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me. Figure this out with me along the way. Watch me as I repent. Watch me as I ask for forgiveness. Learn from me what that humility looks like. Don't, it's not just about being right. It's about going forward in love. Galatians 6 9. Galatians 6, 9. So let's, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. That has been one of the key lines that I have broken things down to. Don't give up. Don't stop now. When you're this far, when you're this close, don't give up now. Today is a Checkpoint Sunday, but a special kind of Checkpoint Sunday where we're going to have a landmark. Landmarks are, are places that we stop on our journey. We say what we're doing is a road trip. We're on this road trip in earnest pursuit of Christ. We find hope and freedom in the love of Jesus. That's what we've described of what we're trying to do together. And periodically we stop at a landmark, a place where we get out of the car we take a picture, we remember that moment, and we go on. And we use landmarks for a number of different things. Today, we're going to have a landmark for, um, the, the landmark we're calling this is Servant Heart. So we've had different kinds of things. And today, um, to focus you specifically, we're giving the Servant Heart landmark to David and Faith Smith. And I want, I want, I want to talk about them in front of their back for you. We came to the conclusion fairly early on that people say great things about other people at funerals, and it's too late. The people who most need to hear that are no longer there. So this idea of encouraging one another it's a while they're living kind of thing. 
It's nice to remember nice things about people after they're dead, but it's too late. We have to say these things while people are alive. And it is important for other people to hear nice things being said about people so they realize that this is behavior that they can replicate. They can also do this, and it's not that hard. But you know inside, you've felt this, that you're in a spot and you go, it will cost me too much to say something nice. As if it's somehow something that you will lose. And so you don't say it, you zip it up. Or, or you believe that somebody's head will get too big if you say kind things about them. I don't mean flattery. I mean tell the truth honestly. Say it as it is. So since they arrived at Into One sometime right around when we first started coming into this building, David and Faith decided that they would begin to greet people intentionally. They were, they were not authorized to do that. They were given no certificate that said, you are now allowed to greet people. But they did it passionately and intentionally, and it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with them. They understood that they wanted to know people. They understood that for a church to function well, to exist well, people must be known. And they did it on their own. And they did it because they knew that they would benefit from it and that we would benefit from their actions. It was not a job. They wanted to know you. If you've ever been greeted by Faith or David, their intention was to get to know you because you are important. And they've shown that consistently over years. They participated in leading and participating in uh, Sunday Night Live and in our other uh, Zoom meetings, trying to connect people to have studies, leading and hosting. They have almost always been involved in setting up and planning and organizing our potluck dinners where we have an opportunity to gather together. So before anyone else was here, they were setting them up. They have been involved in planning, managing, organizing, watering, and laboring over our gardens and our grounds, taking them from brown and dying, full of weeds and nothing on purpose, to beautiful gardens. They did things that I didn't know needed to be done, voluntarily, year after year. They have been involved in painting, cleaning, finishing up after our renovation. And then long after the renovation I thought was done, I would get visits. I would notice that somebody else was coming into the church. I noticed that somebody else got something out. And they continued to do the work that I thought was already done, but wasn't done. But they had eyes to see that it wasn't done. And then they said, I'm going to do something about it. And what I'm going to do is not write a note to tell somebody that they should do something about it. They said, I can do that. I'm going to do that. The encouragement that is to see that somebody else cares Somebody else wants the place to grow is enormous for me, and you are great beneficiaries 
of it as well. Long after we thought the renovation was done and they'd already put a lot of work on that side, they kept going, they kept arriving, they kept painting, they kept sanding, they kept cleaning. Places that you didn't even know are here. Places that you haven't seen, go down into our furnace room, into the old coal room. It's painted. You didn't even know the room was there. It's painted now because they decided that they were going to care about it. Organizing, planning for little details, making sure that things go where they're supposed to go, organizing, planning so that things can run smoothly, and labeling. Oh, so much labeling that they have done that makes it clear where things are supposed to be. Noticing that as we've uh, cleaned out this storage area back here, the old organ room, and Matt came in and built shelves for it, and then Faith and David slid in there and started adding all the pieces that I didn't even know that we needed to think about, like a proper step to be able to get into it, a proper, proper step ladder so that we could access those shelves, all done. There are more things, but thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you, Faith. You are seen. You are appreciated. You are valued. We as a church, family, are better because of you. If you are on Church Online and you don't normally chat, I'm going to ask you that you would participate in this section. If you could type this in, and if you're with us here, I'm going to give you the non-typing version, the spoken part of this. Together, I would like us to say, David and Faith Smith, we hold you in high regard. If you could type that in, that would be beautiful as well. This is something that as a family we stand together and we're better because of these moments. So, if you are church online, please type this in. If you are at church on Main Street, play, please say these words with me. David and Faith Smith, we hold you in high regard. Please step forward since you are here. And from a great distance, I will pass to you our landmark certificate. It's not fully signed yet. We're still working on that. But on behalf of Into One Community Church, Thank you for what you have done. Thank you very much. Thank you for and uh, let me pray for you and pray for us. Kind Father, thank you for the way that you are at work in each of us individually and separately and differently. Thank you for the way that you have been at work in faith in David. Thank you for causing them to continue to grow, to not uh, say, I'm done, but to continue to be in earnest pursuit of you. Thank you for the gifts that they've given to this church. Thank you for the way that they have pursued you intentionally, sacrificially, and with a servant heart. 
God, we pray your blessing upon them. And in this way, we can say also that we're going to follow them as they follow you. Just like Paul was describing it, that together we need examples of what we can do and how we can be in pursuit of you. Thank you for the gift of David and faith to us. Bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You're welcome. Uh, I want to take you into communion now. And I'm going to go to Romans chapter 3 just to throw you off because you're all waiting for 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the ones that you know. This is a different approach, a different way in. Uh, I believe if you are already in uh, on Main Street, you've been given your communion uh, stuff. And if you're at home or wherever you are, church online, uh, this is a time to pull it out. We're going to start Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, apart from just doing everything right, apart from being perfect, but now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. It's not a surprise. They said it was coming already. Verse 22, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. To all who believe, there is no difference. Why is there no difference? Verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Doesn't matter if they're male or female. Doesn't matter what language they speak. Doesn't matter what color their skin is. We are all the same in this. We all come to Christ in the same way. We all come through faith. Verse 24, and we are justified freely. freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. 25, God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. He did this to demonstrate His justice because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. 26, He did it to demonstrate His justice It's not like those things didn't matter. Justice is so key in understanding the love of God. To demonstrate His justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. The way that we come to Christ, the way that we come to right relationship is through the gift that Jesus gave. Through his blood. Sorry, camera. I'm going right back. We take the sacrifice of Jesus to be a story that is seminal. It is incredibly important into what we believe. Without it, there is no point to what we believe. It guides us. And so we regularly participate in what Jesus asks us to do. In this way, remember me. Do this until... I return, and so we take the bread. So if you're here, you got to pull off that top layer. Body of Christ, broken, sacrificed, on purpose, for you, knowing who you are and what you are like. Jesus, we thank you for the gift that you have given to us. We take this, we put it inside of us, and we say, that's what I want in 
in me. I don't want to just think about it. I want it to become a part of me. I want it to become my life. I want it to be life-giving and life-transforming. And if that's your desire, then take, eat. In the same way, after supper, he also took the cup. Jesus is brilliant. He loves great metaphors, great images. Stuff that people were going to see on a regular basis to remind them constantly of what he was about. He said, this is my blood shed for you, for the remission of sin, for, for taking your sin, for the start of the new covenant. The new covenant in his blood. The one that, that's different than the old covenant that was based on do it all right. Don't ever make a mistake. Don't ever fail. The new covenant arrived at by faith, accepting the grace, the gift of Jesus. Thank you for your blood, the gift of your life, so that I might have life. As we come, communion has that opportunity for us to be made right. Made right with God. It's, it's not something that just wipes away whatever you've done, no matter what it is, without you being involved in it. It's an opportunity for us, again, to ask for forgiveness, to recognize. I, I've strayed off the path. I've fallen short. I dropped the ball. I messed up. I didn't hit the mark. I didn't even hit my own marks, let alone yours. And in this time, we ask for forgiveness. That is part of what the process is, recognizing what Jesus has done for us. But we, in that time, repent. We turn away from. We intentionally say that stuff. And I know what I'm thinking of because you're bringing it to my mind right now. That stuff, I intentionally turn away from it. Free me from it. Lord Jesus, I pray. And if that is your desire, and if that is what you have said, then I have words for you that are cause for celebration. Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, what Jesus has already done, if we have faith in Him, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That enmity, that war with God, that sense that He is against me, He's angry at me, that what I have done has given Him just reason to oppose me, that is gone. We find peace in Christ as his gift. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For you, <laughs> there is therefore now no condemnation. He's not looking down upset at you. He's not pointing the finger and saying, you remember when you did that 33 years ago? Forgiveness kicks in. We ask for it. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. May you experience that lift, that light, that gift, the good news of Jesus today.